This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 169 of the Laravel News Podcast. Super stoked to be hanging out with all you folks today and hanging out with my good buddy, Mr. Dorinda. How's it going over there in Aussie land, my friend? Hello. Uh, yeah, good. Just, good. you know, crashing crashing into winter and getting colder and finding that unacceptable. Indeed. But, uh, and, today, and today it's like 93 over here yeah. and 99 tomorrow. So I'm freaking loving it. Stealing all my warmth. It's good stuff, man. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, indeed. And so it's been a good couple of pool days. But you know what? I know that you and I have had a bit of a weird weekend. And so we are recording at an odd time and we are on a bit of a time crunch. Mm. So we're going to jump right into it, folks, but not before shouting out our wonderful sponsors, our faithful Honey Badger and Scout APM sponsors. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show, folks. And we are going to talk about them a little bit later, but Honey Badger, just as a uh, quick refresher, is error tracking, error monitoring for your applications. Not only Laravel, but all of your applications. Pretty awesome. And then Scout APM is application performance monitoring for your Laravel apps. And so thanks so much for our sponsors ponying up and sponsoring the show for keeping the lights on. Okay. That being said, we've got a couple releases to talk about. So we are going to jump right in 9.15 right off the top. Here we go. Laravel team released 9.15 with the ability to list only vendor routes. Check if a file system folder is empty or not empty. And is JSON string helper and more. So let's talk about the first one, only vendors listed in route list command. So if you have a package that you install, many times those packages will ship with routes of their own. And so if you wanted to, you could pass the dash dash only vendor flag to the route list command. This is contributed by Ash Allen. Uh, once again, Mr. Allen, uh, rocking it out, doing some uh, good contributions here. So that w- if you pass this, only vendor routes appear in the terminal and the command ignores your application routes. So it's really helpful to audit routes the packages may have installed that you might not be aware of, uh, or otherwise, if you're curious about what routes packages register. And I think it also tells you, yeah, it'll tell you uh, what package specifically is um, using that route or is the one publishing <laughs> that route for you there. Okay. Mahmoud Mahmoud Muhammad Ramadan contributed a throw in less function to the Laravel HTTP client. So you might be familiar with this. We have this. Actually, it's just as its own helper, right? You have a throw in less that you can just kind of put anywhere in anything, uh, and then it passes a truthy statement first as a uh, as a argument, and then second, you get a closure or I think just an exception that you can throw as well. Like you can just pass the name of or the class of the exception. Uh, but with this, you have a now uh, fluent chained method that you can pass onto uh, the HTTP client. So it will throw an exception if a server or a client error occurred and if the given condition is false. So you could do something like, I mean, an example of when I would want this to happen. So I have this one flaky API endpoint where I go get these call counts from this endpoint and it seems to fail like every third try Mm. or something like that. But if it fails the third try, it won't fail the fourth try, right? And so if I throw and fail a job on that, it's really annoying. So what I can, what I, what I end up doing in that case is I like, you know, cache something. And if it has failed, like if the last time it's failed was like less than 10 minutes ago, I don't throw an error. I just say like, yeah, that's okay. Just let it, just let it die. But if it's, if it's failed, you know, 
uh, more than 10 minutes ago, then I'll throw mm-hmm. an error, right? Because it's like, I'm doing it every five minutes. So if it fails more than once in a row, basically, okay, then tell me about it sort of deal. So you can do that there, throw in less. Okay, we've got a string is JSON method. So Daniel Ackerman contributed an is JSON method to the string and stringable classes. So if you pass in a string of JSON, and this is probably valuable to me, if only for the fact that I will never have to type in JSON validator again inside of the browser just to paste in a string of JSON to see if it's yeah. valid. I could just do in Tinkerwell, I can just do string is JSON and then pass in my string and it'll tell me, yep, true or false, it's good, it is JSON or it's not. So it'll tell you if a set or a string is valid JSON. And this could also sort of save you if you're getting back uh, JSON from an endpoint. And again, if it's like one of those weird flaky API implementations, like sometimes they pass you back some mm-hmm. garbage. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had that. Now you could do a quick is check on this for is JSON. Is it JSON first before I go ahead and try and parse this? And if it's not, then yeah. you know maybe throw an exception before you yeah. try and parse the just, JSON and get some weird JSON. Just kind of error. assuming that you're going to get back valid JSON and then trying to reference you know properties on it exactly. and then starting to get undefined properties and things like that. So you this, got it. This looks like it's you got um, it. leaning on the JSON throw on error and just wrapping the whole thing up in a try catch yep. block. So uh, yeah, that's that's pretty pretty handy. You got it. We have Dark Ghost Hunter contributing two methods to determine if a file system directory is empty or not. So in this case, hmm, I think it said if a file system folder. So this is not fly system, I don't think. Uh, this is actually the file, mm, the files, underlying file, file system. Yeah. So like, yeah, exactly, file facade. So, so this is if you're actually looking at like your local storage directories or things like that, mm-hmm. right? Not not like storage colon colon disk and then is directory empty, not that. So in this case, it's file colon colon is directory method uh, or sorry, is directory empty method. And then you can just pass it a uh, location that you're interested uh, in checking to see if it's empty. And if it is, that condition will pass, of course. And then you have a sort of sibling method to that is directory not empty. So there you go. And then Ash Allen, again, what in the world, Ash? What's going on? He contributed a visual route count to the beginning and end of the route list CLI output. So what this will do, what this will do is it will give you just a little extra comment at the very end of the route list command that will say showing 88 routes mm-hmm. or something like that. So if you needed the count of the different routes that you have, you can, you can do that. Okay. Uh, last but not least, support, supporting kebab case for slot name shortcuts. So Wagabond contributed kebab case for slot names. So it looks like, I'm curious, in your um, Blade components, you can say x-slot and then my-slot. Instead of having to just my underscore slot, you can use kebab case now uh, to reference these slot names. So there you go. Yeah, I think. All right, that's 9.4. That's 9.15. There we go. Yeah, what were I think you saying I think just on that one, I've um I've stumbled into scenarios where the the documentation for Laravel and certainly a lot of the internals and and things like that tend to be very like single word focused in terms of like everything ah, is okay, like sure. one word, and so it's easy to hmm. to you know if you yeah header, header head footer whatever footer. like all of that kind of stuff. Modal. But when once you start sure. introducing you know snake cased or oh, sorry camel cased variables for slots or naming for slots and things like that it's not necessarily clear how how those translate Um, and so that this was just fixing that that scenario up so yep very cool all right okay there we go that's 915 on to 916 uh tim mcdonald has been pumping out a few different test helpers here and there and this one is for the uuid testing helpers 
So if you've ever had to use string UUID in your application, if you're generating, you know, random UUIDs, of course, it's a bit tricky to kind of test that that stuff out in terms of like if you're getting a random UUID, how do you test or make assertions against that UUID if you need to, you know, if something internally to, to your code is generating a UUID. And there's there's ways of doing this with the create UUIDs using function on the string uh, string helper class. But that kind of overrides everything and it will always return the same thing, which is fine if you're doing single tests, but if you're wanting to do multiple tests or you want to make assertions where one is random and one is you know, a specific thing that you can make a, a test against, if you want to check the two records are created or something like that, it's been trickier to do. Um, so now you can do something like this where you go string colon colon freeze UUIDs and then you can do whatever you need to do and then you can make assertions by saying you know string colon colon UUID equals whatever the UID that was generated because it will always return the same UID, which makes things easier. Mm, And then when you finish, you can call uh, string colon colon create UIDs normally. But you can also pass a closure to only freeze creation for the duration of the closure. So you can do something within Mm. the context of a a frozen UID generation closure or you can return a sequence. So you could say like the first or sorry, the zeroth or, you know, the very first one that's generated and the second one that's generated are specific values and then the third one would be back to random uid so this gives you a little bit more control and a little bit more flexibility around testing those so thanks to tim i know that he and i had spoken about how to go about this stuff before so i think that was you know pushed out into the framework uh, as part of that so thank you very much and there you go to anyone else who needs that functionality next we have a contribution from eu sonlito uh, which is a with where has method for the query builder so this simplifies cases where you have have previously had to repeat code using a where has where you want to use the where has to then also return mm-hmm. that same filtered subset. So you would have to do uh, model colon colon where has relationship, pass your closure and then do your um, filtering in there. And then if you want to then return that same subset of records, you then have to do with and then the relationship name and then and then the filtered query in the closure there. So with with where has method. You can simplify this by just doing model colon colon with where has pass that the relationship name is the first first parameter and the second is the closure and that'll then automatically resolve both the where has and the with calls on the query builder there for you. So thanks for that contribution. That's handy. That's pretty clever. Yeah, I like that. Nice. Yep. Uh, and last up in nine point sixteen, we have from Renoki. This is user authentication for Pusher. So quoting from the Pull request, Pusher recently launched a feature that allows the users to enable authentication for connections alongside the channel authorizations. Shortly, it's a feature that will make sure that anyone connecting to the WebSocket should be an authenticated user within the app. This will increase the trust of your connected users and you can broadcast events to users' connections by their database ID instead of the usual socket ID. So you can check out pull request number 42531 for further details and discussion on the implementation of this feature. And there's also documentation that'll go out once, well, that has gone out now that this has been released. Uh, but that's that's everything for Laravel 9.16. We'll have a, a complete list of new features and updates in the diff and in the show notes for you to check out. Very nice. That with where has method is pretty cool. I've run into some weird stuff with that, like where I did a where has, but when I did the with, I didn't also mm-hmm. do the additional query. And so you end up eager loading a yeah, bunch extra of stuff, stuff. that yeah. you don't actually need. And thankfully, there's like solutions for that. For example, Scout APM. 
Scout APM is application performance monitoring designed to help PHP developers find and fix performance issues without having to deal with the headache or overhead of enterprise platform feature blows. So this is one of those exact situations where it's one of those things that doesn't bite you until you get into mm. production and you don't realize it until everything gets really dang slow and you're like, what is happening? I'm, I'm doing a where has here. But you're with never filtered the additional products out that you didn't want to join on. So developer-centric UI and tracing logic ties bottlenecks to your source code. Scott helps you to find and pinpoint those performance abnormalities, N plus one queries, slow database queries, memory blow. It shows you exactly where it's taking place in your code. So think like how your error tracker right now it points out where the error happened. That's what Scout does, but for performance monitoring. So you can spend less time debugging and more time building. You get real-time alerting, weekly digest emails, and you can rest easier knowing that Scout's on watch to help you resolve these performance issues before your customers even see them. We're giving you a 14-day free trial so you can experience firsthand why PHP developers all over the world love to use Scout. And for Laravel News listeners, Scout will donate $5 to the open source project of your choice when you just deploy. Just try it out, deploy $5 to the open source project of your choice. You can learn more at scoutapm.com slash Laravel News. Thanks so much, Scout, for sponsoring the show. On with the show, on to packages. What do we got? First up, we're going to have a, a fairly sparsely heavy heavy one this week. They've, uh, well, Frank's been mm. pumping them out this, this past couple of weeks. So the yes. first one here is login links for your Laravel app during development. The Laravel login link package is a Blade component or so is a package that includes a Blade component to quickly log into your local environment. Using this package, you can render login links in your local environment. There's no need to have to remember the email password of your test users or create those things at all. After installing the package, logging in locally as an admin or a normal user is as simple as adding a small Blade snippet to your code. So you have a inside an env check, so at env local, and then you can put an x-login-link component in there and you give it the email address, and then that will render a simple link in your login form or wherever you place it. And when you click it in, uh, when you click on that link, you'll be logged in automatically without having to remember or enter any credentials, which is good for development if you want to get in and out, if you want to test things out as an admin or as a regular user or things like that. Um, this package yep, was absolutely. imagined and created by Sparsi to deal with seeded user credentials for various roles and a package built to share with the open source community. Um, this is something that that we have at work where we've got like a whole bunch of seeders that run in our development and our you know local environments where they'll create a bunch of users with known credentials and that way you can log into them. But then you always have to dive into the seeder and then grab the username and password and things like that. So being able to just say like, log in as this user uh, whenever I click here yeah. would be extremely handy. So um, Freik actually wrote a detailed introductory post on the package if you'd like to learn more about the background and the use case, if we haven't made that clear. And uh, you can learn more about setting up the package and view the source code on GitHub. We'll have links to all of that in the show notes. Yeah, I love that thing. We use something like that as well. It's not as clearly defined as this though. So um, yeah, I love this thing. Yeah. It looks great. Okay, we've got another package by Spassi, Laravel Comments Package. So this is a premium comments package for applications using PHP 8.1 plus and Laravel 9 plus by Spassi. So this package allows you to create and associate comments with eloquent models. There is a little teaser video, and I've got to say it is quite impressive. You get a beautiful liveware component you can drop in anywhere. You get emoji reactions. Just think like Facebook. Um, you know, they have that little 
sort of panel along the bottom where you get to choose from all those different emojis and add a reaction to a specific comment. You can do that with this. It's right out of the box. It supports Markdown. Code highlighting, you have this approval flow where you can say, I must approve a comment before it is shown to everyone. You can set up notifications for any new comments. It's customizable because it's written in Laravel and Livewire and you get much more. You can see all the features through that video. But at the time of launch, Laravel Comments main features include uh, the ones we just listed. And at the core of this package is just a simple has comments trait that you just add to the model. This enables you to manage comments and reactions on a model. And that's it. I mean, that's literally it. While they, it, they, they provide you know a bare bones example uh, just to show you how you can get it set up really quickly. But there's also a lot of customization that is available, which you can check out through the comments documentation. Uh, it is, again, a premium license to use this package. So I believe at the time of this reading, it is, I feel like it was like a hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, it is. Let's see. For a single license, it's $49 US. And for an unlimited license, it's $99 US. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, if if you're going to use it, honestly, you're probably going to end up using it in more than one place. I would probably just the unlimited one. But it does look really great. I mean, like the the teaser video was yeah. awesome. Super, yeah, super great. elevating. So it's not you, just enough and, that they're putting out one of those packages things. a week. It's, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's with the, the whole it's, thing. It's the thing is like, this is one of those things that's really hard to get right. Yeah. Uh, and it's super complex. Like once you start getting into it, it's a really a pain in the butt. So that's one of the things that uh, Spassi is great at is taking those annoying things that we all have to do at some point and just creating a package for them. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right. On with the show. What else? Next up, we have the Laravel Pipeline Query Collection, which is a package that contains a collection of eloquent query filters for pipelines. So when you have a complex uh, set of filters, the code can get a bit unwieldy because you end up doing things like, you know, user, colon, colon, query, and then you've got a whole bunch of whens chained on and, and unlesses and whatever else. Using the package, you could then do this using a filtering collection. So you've got a... Uh, at the time of writing, the package contains bitwise, boolean, date from, date to, exact, relation, relative, scope, and sort. So this is kind of taking the query object uh, approach and then handling sort of filtering in that way. It's it, it's similar to other packages out there that, that do this stuff where you can pass query parameters through your URL and then conditionally, like if something is set on the request, go and do a filter based on that. But this way, rather than doing it all in line in one query, you've got, um, you know, filter specific classes and that makes them reusable between different places as well so they're quite generic in terms of like if this then that um, and then you can apply that functionality as you need to specific fields so definitely check this one out if you've needed to do uh, any of that query filtering i know spicy's got a package that does this kind of stuff as well with with discrete discrete classes for filtering as well so i will have links to the uh, package here for you Uh, there's also an article uh, a more in-depth article around this from the package author called Building a Sexy Query Filter, which walks you through the idea behind the package in greater detail. So we will include links to all of that in the show notes for you. Very cool. Okay, next we have a package uh, for New Relic. So if you happen to use New Relic, so what this does is it takes um, and it applies uh, some specific mm, settings, it looks like, for your Laravel application so that it works better with New Relic. So it pack- the package reports optimized transactions for Laravel. So it imp- includes HTTP transactions, CLI requests, queued jobs, artisan commands, scheduled tasks, all the things that you get that are amazing features of Laravel, 
but that you kind of have to set up on your own if you're using something like New Relic. And so uh, it can notify New Relic of code deployments and simulate transactions in environments where the package can't detect the New Relic PHP module. So they have a configuration file that shows it has more details on how you can configure the package, ignore commands, ignore route patterns, and it has some customizable but sensible defaults. And so Paul Redmond put this one out. Thank you, everybody's favorite human, Mr. Paul Redmond. If you happen to be using New Relic, that's a good one to check out. There you go. All right. Uh, next up, we have a package called Blade CLI, which allows you to render files from the command line using Blade. So this allows you to use the Blade engine to render files from the command line. It doesn't support 100% of all Blade directives at the moment, but it does support things like at if, at else, at for each, at for else, at while, and so on and so forth. So you can render this all on the command line by passing in a YAML configuration, for example. So you could have a YAML file which has blade placeholders in there. So you have like name, colon, and then open brace, open brace, dollar name, and then close brace, close brace. And then you can run that all through this blade render tool. And that will save a new file in a build directory matching the input. So if it's person.yaml, you'd then end up with build slash person.yaml. And this is something that you install globally. So this is really handy if you are in place where you're sort of generating all of these configuration files dynamically if you need to do anything like that. I've, I've certainly had scenarios where, you know, we've been generating shell scripts and things like that where we wanted to have placeholders and so on and so forth. So if you ever needed to do anything like that, uh, definitely check this out. You can also pass data to the template hmm. using JSON using the dash dash from dash JSON flag. So yeah, I mean, I don't have a particularly good specific use case for it, but certainly something that I've had to do in the past. So um, definitely check that out. Yeah, I, I could see a couple of different things. Like, but yeah, like essentially, if you're wanting to scaffold something and like you already use Blade, you already know mm-hmm. Blade, right? And so if you're wanting to spin through a bunch of uh, Blade files and pass in some JSON and like generate some stuff, this would be a really interesting way to do that. Um, and it's all CLI. So, so you can, since that's, that's the case, you could pipe it out to other outputs or other, you know, other programs to operate on it. Um, yeah, interesting. Okay. Next, we have managing navigational elements in Laravel apps. So Laravel navigation is a, as a package by, guess who? Um, Go ahead. Hmm. Spassi. Not filament group. <laughs> it is by Spassi. It is by Spassi to manage menus, breadcrumbs, and other navigational elements in your Laravel apps. So uh, this was just released recently, June 10th, it looks like. You can easily build menus, breadcrumbs, other types of navigation. They've been using it in their projects for a while, but only recently did they tag uh, 1.0. So this is a HTML menu generator for Laravel. So think of it as like a renderless component for navigational items. Um, so you simply resolve it out of the container. So you say app and then navigation class, and then you just fluently chain on add a home route, add a blog, and add if, if the user is an admin, then you can add this other thing. So it's essentially like, it's like a big chained method that will then is, uh, generate for you a couple different things. You can have it generate a tree, which is just like a JSON, or actually it looks like a PHP array, which contains some JSON inside of it. You can also generate breadcrumbs uh, from navigation using the breadcrumbs method off of that. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm wondering, it almost feels like something like you would use if you were, you know how like WordPress allows you to sort of set up your own navigation, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And then you sort of pass in the configuration and I suppose if you were having to build something like that, if you yeah. if you wanted somebody to be able to manage their own navigation, yeah, like a menu builder or something like uh, that, and you needed to, yeah, like a menu builder, and then you needed to be able to programmatically generate it, something like this would be mm-hmm. really helpful for that. 
So yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that's interesting. I'm not sure I would use no, it. No, I found I myself mean, certainly trying to build something like this in the past and always like yeah, back I out because my navigation isn't changing often enough to have to worry about it. But if you totally. if you've got like nested yeah. navigation items and you know you've got people building pages and subpages and things like that, it's definitely a good way way to go about it. Um, the, one of the articles here is around like blog topics and having like your top level blog and then the topics under it and then. Um, you know, a submenu under that for each of the individual topics. Ah, so, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a good and, point. And it, you know, it's it's huh. it's good if you're you know if you're writing a blog, for example, and you you know you can add tags and things like that. You know, you might be writing about Laravel today, and then in three years you might be writing about TypeScript, and so you add a TypeScript category, and then that just automatically appears in your menu, so someone can go and find all of your TypeScript things. So that's probably the and all the breadcrumbs can be generated right. as well, right? So like when you're on that page, you can just say, okay, grab me the breadcrumbs that mm-hmm. should be shown for this. And so it goes blog and then topics and Laravel, then, yeah. you know, all the stuff and stuff. Yeah, cool. Cool. Next up, we have a package. I think this one is not a package. It's a, it's a, it's a web app, I guess we'll call it. We'll call it a web app. And mm. it's been around for a little while. It's a project from uh, James Brooks, which is an online reference ah, yes. for Laravel's yeah. built-in artisan commands and all of their options. So it's Laravel Artisan Cheat Sheet which allows you to toggle between Laravel versions from version 6 through to the current Laravel 9 release of Laravel and supports uh, system dark and light modes to match your preferences if you want to do that. Uh, but this is a good way if you're wanting to quickly see, you know, all of the options or all of the commands that are available and you can um, you can kind of, what do you call it, zoom in? Zoom in? Uh, yeah. To yeah, like, uh, yeah. Zoom. Zoomy, zoomy. Um, you can like, Drill down is what I was wanting to get to. You can drill down into a specific command and then look at the options for that command and and things like that and see what's optional and what's required and so on and so forth. So um, it's it's all searchable. It's nice and quick and easy. You know, if you're in the in the browser and you want that uh, that visual element, it's like even for me, someone who spends most of their time in the command line, it's it's quick and easy to to pop this open and just click through and find what you're looking for. So uh, definitely check check this one out. It's been as I said, it's been around for a while, but it's it's you know. Coming back up, people are talking about it again. So definitely check it out if you are looking to have yourself a Laravel Artisan cheat sheet. It's actually really nice just to to like scroll this. The documentation is great, right? But this is a cool way to just learn about all the mm-hmm. different commands. I mean, I literally know as I'm looking through this, I didn't even know half the stuff existed. Yeah, there's um, a lot of stuff in there. It gets added like so many releases. Things just get added and added. And unless you're watching it, you're not going to keep up with it all. Totally. Yeah, I I, I agree. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever had this before either, but like, do you ever get into an application and then you accidentally mistype the thing and you get an error? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you ever had that happen? Like, and then all the developers are like, okay, who's the idiot who accidentally typed artisan <laughs> right. wrong, right? Or whatever it is, right? PHP artisan uh, tanker yeah. instead of tinker. And then you right? get the, you know, command error exception. Yeah. And, and if you want to make fun of your friends too and get uh, error tracking, you could use Honey Badger. Honey Badger is awesome at that because let's face it, your code is going to have errors. Even code written by an amazing developer such as yourself or if you're just live coding, you know, going commando style like on a production server and running PHP artisan tanker. Errors happen. It's nice to know that Honey Badger has your back when you do. So it's going to make you a DevOps hero by combining error monitoring, uptime monitoring, and check-in monitoring into one single easy-to-use platform they're going to send you alerts in real time with all the context you need to see what's causing the error and when i say all the context i do mean all the context it's pretty freaking awesome we're talking about the request payload that's coming in we're talking about the exact location in your code where it's happening the user that was uh you know the user that was logged in when it happened if you're in production if you're in dev what server it happened on 
all the stuff so you can quickly fix it and get on with your day. The included uptime and crown monitoring also lets you know when your external services are having issues or your background jobs go missing or fail silently. You can go to honeybadger.io and discover how Star, Josh, and Ben created a 100% bootstrapped monitoring solution. They didn't take money from anybody. Why is that important? By self-funding, it means they only answer to you and to me, the developer, rather than a venture capital overlord. So check them out at honeybadger.io and get busy tracking those errors. Anyway, on with the show. What do we got next? Uh, we've got just the one tutorial this week, which is Laravel route grouping and six different techniques to organize the routes. I'm going to tell you the six, but if you want to know more about them, you're going to have to go and read this article from Pavilus. The first one is using route resource and route API resource. The second one is groups within groups or groupception. We've got repeating middleware into groups. Uh, you've got same name controllers, different namespaces. You've got separate route files, which I don't tend to like personally because I don't like hopping around different files for different things. And we've also got the new option that was added in Laravel 9, which is the route colon colon controller. So if you want to know more about these different options or if you've got your own that you'd like to let us know about, definitely check this one out. Very cool. Okay, you've got a couple community links here and uh, a few of them are very interesting to me. So I'm going to talk about this first one. So the first one is first-party Vite support is coming to Laravel. Mm. So this is by Jess Acha. So Tim McDonald and Jess Acha both are uh, Aussie wonderful people. And they both joined Team Laravel not too long ago. And if I'm not mistaken, I think kind of both of them, their job is sort of just to be out there and putting out feelers to figure out interesting ways that the framework can innovate and what's next and what's around the corner and what do we need to be watching you know, what are some cool ways that we can grow the grow the framework and make it mm-hmm. even better? And I think this is one of those ways. So Vite is a modern front-end build tool. So think like Webpack. It, it provides an extremely fast development environment and it bundles your code for production. So similar to how we have Laravel Mix and when you uh, run NPM run production, it will go ahead and version your files with the manifest.json. And then when you use mix and then reference a particular location, it will actually go look at the manifest. And what that does is it helps with cache busting. So the PR introduces a Vite blade directive to the framework that will be used in combination with the official Laravel Vite plugin. It doesn't remove uh, or deprecate the existing mix helper. There will be PRs added to Laravel as well as Breeze and Jetstream that will make this the default for new Laravel applications. Uh, but the old mix stuff will still work. So the Laravel side of the implementation is really similar to Mix. It should feel familiar. But the main difference is that instead of using the Mix helper, you would now use the Vite blade directive. The reason for the directive is that Laravel needs to output the complete script and link style sheets rather than just a path as with Mix. So with Mix, what you do is you say style and then you know you pass in as the value there, right? So link rel style sheet href equals and that's where you would put in the mix and then reference that css location with this you would just say at vite and then you pass in the set of css or javascript things and it will automatically figure out what it needs to do in order to inject mm-hmm. those into your page so that's pretty cool uh, in development mode it also loads the vite client which will automatically reload your javascript and css when you make changes so think like hot reloading or um, browserify or whatever that is, right? That will automatically uh, reload stuff for you. And then in production, it will load the versioned assets for you. So this is something I feel like you previously had to sort of set up manually. In Mix, you'd say like, if in production, do version. And if it's not in production, then do browserify or do like, you know, 
watch or something like that. So this kind of does that for you automatically. So very, very mm. cool. A couple other things that you can read about here. Dare I? Dare I go into this? Well, the, yeah. So the, I think I don't know. key to this is that, you know, it's something that I just saw pop up just as we started recording, actually. And it looks like there's a, there is a first party Laravel Vite plugin. That, that's been worked on for the past two or three weeks or so. Is it Vite? How do you say Vite? Or is it Vite or Vite? It's French. It's oh, man, I was saying oh, it wrong. Look at French. me. It's Vite. Look at me, the, the noob <laughs> over here. Yeah, okay, so it looks ahead. like uh, Tyler and Tim and Jess and Dries have been working on this for a few weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's coming along. I don't, you know, don't know when we can expect to see it or anything like that. I just saw it and thought it was interesting, so it might be worth you know, getting some eyes over it and, and seeing what we can do. It's it, You know, functionally, it's going to be very similar to what we had with Laravel Mix for for all these years. Uh, but it's just like a, from what I've seen, I haven't used it personally, but it's just a smaller footprint. It's it's lightning fast and quicker than what Webpack is certainly. Um, and, and it like basically will give you the same functionality uh, that, that we've had previously. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, when, when this lands. Um, and, and as you said, it'll be part of the defaults for uh, the, the Laravel, Laravel repository as well as Breeze and Jetstream. So you can expect to be seeing that as uh, as the default at some point in the near future. Indeed. I'm going to let you make the call on how far down this rabbit hole of community links you want to go, what what ones you want to talk about. Yeah, so the first one we've got here is just a quick one. It's called Find a PR. It's a project by Ash Allen. And this is a, a project to help you find a PR. So Find a PR is an open source site that is built to help developers find projects so that they can submit their very first pull request. If you're a contributor looking to find a project to contribute to, you can feel free to browse through the list below. And if you're a maintainer looking for your uh, looking to list your project on Find a PR, you can read how to do that on the website. Um, so this is handy if you're, you know, I know that I know that Sparsi often have tags on their, you know, issues and things like that that are good for first timers and things like that. So this is just a nice centralized place to to kind of put all these things out and and sort of you know encourage people to open pull requests to, to you know, this is what we want to work on in our project. So if you're wanting to get started, then this is something that you could look at. So it looks for find a PR, good first issue, first issue, first PRs, help wanted type things. And there's some in here, like I say, like Sparsi's got some, there's a whole bunch of pull requests tagged for the laravel.io website and things like that. So definitely check that out if you're uh, either looking for some help uh, or you're looking to to contribute to to open source. So that's the first one. Uh, I've also got here a couple of articles from Joel Claremont, uh, who we've spoken about previously on the show. The first is, should an AJAX controller be put in the API route group? And then the second one being choosing a status mm. code for an expired record, or, or more specifically, you know, choosing the correct API, uh, choosing the correct status code for your responses so that, you know, anyone that's consuming the website gets, you know... You, you know those those APIs that we've all dealt with that send back like a two hundred OK with an error status message in the in the JSON body. So always always be looking for the correct status codes as much as you can. I like me some Joel Claremont. He's a good dude. So yeah, I've been listening to their podcast a lot recently, mm-hmm. actually, as well, which is No Compromises um, the IO. So good stuff. He's the organizer of Milwaukee PHP. I know he goes to Longhorn PHP. They have the Mastering Laravel, I think, is like a book that he and um, his co-host, I think, co-wrote. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And he ends up coming to our Laracon watch parties nice. as well, down from Wisconsin. He usually brings cheese and sausage. Ooh, I mean, that's just the delicious. kind of guy he is. Yeah, it is. It is delicious. So, 
good stuff. Read those up on uh, Joel and then check out his podcast too. It's uh, it's really good content. Yeah. So it's uh, two guys who have been doing development like forever and they've got some really good perspectives and they're also hilarious, like dad joke hilarious, <laughs> but I really appreciate that type of humor. So super funny. Yeah, good dude. All right, everybody. Hey, that is the show for today. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Episode 169. You can find show notes for this episode at laravel-news.com slash 169. If you'd like to leave us a comment, hit us up on Twitter at Michael Dorinda at Jacob Bennett or at Laravel News. And of course, if you liked the show, we would really appreciate it. If you'd rate it up in your podcatcher of choice, five stars would be very much appreciated. And then we also want to say thank you again to Honey Badger and Scout APM for sponsoring the show. Until next time, folks. Have a wonderful two weeks. See you next time.